0: Well, last week, I talked about letting go of stuff. Anybody let go of anything last this week? Yeah? Got a couple of people. All right. That's what's up. Did anybody walk out of here fired up to, to let go of some stuff? And then you got home and the Detroit lost, and you were like, ah, I'll do it next week. <laughs> that was me. That picture I showed you, my garage still looks the same. <laughs> well, this week, I want to talk to you about excess baggage about excess baggage I think a lot of times we carry around baggage you know we carry around weight that we were never designed to carry let's take a look at John fourteen twelve, and this is Jesus talking and he says very truly I tell you Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things—somebody say even greater greater things—than these, because I am going to the Father. Jesus is talking to the disciples. This is after the crucifixion. So he died, he was resurrected, now he's back hanging out with the disciples, and they're having this conversation, and Jesus is telling them, I'm going to go to the Father, right? Right? And, and, and he's going to go, he's going to be ascended into heaven. And Scripture says that he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And now the Spirit of God is going to come to you and I. And, and Jesus talks to the disciples. And he says, you will be able to do even greater things. Now, I don't know about you, but... When I look at my life, minus what I see God doing in my life, I don't know that I could say that it's greater things than Jesus, what he did. So for me sometimes there's this like this disconnect because I want to do greater things, like I want to experience greater things than Jesus experienced. That's what the scriptures tell us is available to us, but I think we tend to carry around so much baggage from our old life that that we miss we miss out. We miss out on experience and all that God wants to do in our here and now. Michelle and I went to uh, Florida a couple of weeks ago, and when we got into the the airport, you know, we went to to check-in. And I don't know, check-in is like the most chaotic place in the airport, right? Like, everybody's trying to figure out that whole check-in kiosk thing, you know? Like, I can never figure out how to peel this sticker, right? So you can loop it right there and they can scan it. I guess that's what's happening. You know, they got the whole way, the scale that you weigh your suitcase, you know, and and there I am over there putting my, you know, I threw my suitcase on the scale and it was like 42.7, you know, and I'm like, I got to figure out 2.7 pounds, right, what I need to take out. And so there I am unzipping the, the suitcase and I don't know, I'll take a hoodie out, you know, so I took my hoodie out. And I threw that around my waist, and I threw it back on there, and it was like 41.3, right? And Michelle's in the bathroom at this time, so she leaves me alone to do this stuff. So it's, it's 41.3, and I'm like, whatever, you know. I took it off, and there's a lady standing there looking at me, and she's like, are you going to take anything else out? And I was like, no. No. You know, so she hurried up and she threw her suitcase on and it was like 41.7 or something, you know. And she's like, do you think I should take something out? And I was like, listen, lady, I got a wife who tells me to inhale and exhale so I don't die. And you're asking me what you should do with your bag? I don't know. No, don't take anything out, right? So, you know, there we are. I said, come on, let's get in line. So you got that crazy line, and then don't be standing in front of the line, and the agent says, next, and you don't move. I'm telling you, they're in the back of the line like, shh, right? (laughs) So on my way to the line, I see this family of four coming towards me. And there's a mom who... It's got. she's rushing frantically and she's got her two kids, they're probably four and five, five and six, you know, and, and, and they're clueless of all the chaos that's going on around them because they got mom and dad's phone like this right here, walking with her. And then there's dad, who is bringing up the rear, and let me tell you, dad is coming behind the family. And He has literally got everybody's stuff, okay? He is rushing behind the family. I mean, he is, nobody's helping him. Like, I don't know, he had a bag on his shoulder. He had everybody's suitcase. I think he might've been just like kicking one suitcase in front of him. You know, he's sweating profusely. He's got all this weight and he is extremely exhausted. And in that moment, I heard the Lord say, this is what most of you look like, Marlon. This is what most of you look like. Like you didn't actually pick up baggage and you didn't, you're not going to an actual terminal. but Instead, what we do is we were going to the terminal in our minds. All right, you're not picking up bags of leather and plastic but we're picking up burdens. Yeah, and so, and so we get up every single morning and we immediately just begin to pick up baggage after baggage, right? And so each day, there you are, we're carrying a suitcase of guilt. We got a sack of discontentment. We got a duffel bag of weariness with us. We got a bag of grief on one shoulder and a backpack of doubt on the other. And we got an overnight bag of loneliness and a suitcase of fear. Just to bring it all together. And here we are juggling all these things. And we're wondering why am I so exhausted? Why am I so tired? And it's because we're juggling all these things. Right? We're juggling all these things. So no wonder why we're always so tired. We're always so exhausted. And so we continue to move on and we went through security and we ended up going over to the boarding line Pastor Michelle still has no idea any of this is going on you know I plug her into the the phone outlet there you go honey and then I sat and I started to people watch again <laughs> and here comes this family again headed over to the boarding the boarding line and and dad again is he's over at that um you know what do you call it the, uh, uh, the overnight or the overhead dimension, like uh, uh, that device there. And, and he's over there, man, and he's just trying to shove this bag in there. And they, they said it so many times, like, nah, don't, don't, don't try to shove it in there. It's got to fit in there comfortably. You know, and I'm assuming that they're, they're headed off to Florida with us. I'm assuming they're going for like a couple of days, maybe a week, but I'm trying to tell you, they look like they were never coming back, y'all never coming back with all the stuff they had. So finally, one of the girls from Frontier, she comes over and she says, sir, you have excess baggage. You have excess baggage, which is just a term that airlines use to say you're actually carrying too much stuff, right? You have a desire to bring too much onto the plane, right? And if you have excess baggage, there's actually a fee that's attached to your baggage that you have to pay. And I think sometimes we carry, we just continue to carry things not realizing what it's costing us. Right, not realizing that it's costing us because make no mistake, whatever you choose to carry, it will cost you. It will cost you. It's not not if it's gonna cost you, it's when it's gonna cost you because baggage acquires a cost. So my goal for the day is, is to help you let go of some things that you've been holding on to. Amen? Amen? See, I believe the reason we don't experience the greater things in life is because we're still carrying baggage from where we used to be. And if we just, if we just set it down, if we just set the baggage down, we'd be able to pick up the new things that God has for us. Amen? So let's go to Kings, First 1 Kings 1919, and we're going to work out of this passage today. It says, so Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders, and then he walked away. What's happening here in this moment is is prophets in the Old Testament, they were men of God who were called to ridiculous responsibility, right? They were counselors of kings. They were the chosen vessels that God used to communicate to his people. So God would speak to the prophets, then the prophets would speak to the people. There was just a lot of responsibility for these prophets. And so Elijah comes to Elisha, and he throws his cloak around him. Elijah is a prophet. Elisha isn't there yet. And so what Elijah is saying when he does this is he's saying the same thing that covered me, I now want to cover you, right? I'm raising up an understudy. I'm inviting you on this journey that could change the whole trajectory of your life, And I think sometimes when we carry excess baggage, the thing we need to remember is that God's plan for your life is bigger than your right now. God's plan for your life is bigger than your right now. When Braxton was about eight years old, he and I were together, and we were looking for someplace to eat, and uh, it was the first time I had saw Bibby Bop. Is that, what I, is that what it's called? Bibby Bop. So we went in, and. And we just kind of stepped right inside the door, you know. And I was looking at the, the, the menu and I was like, hmm, nah, I don't think I'm going to like this stuff. And we started to walk out and he said, you can see that? And I said, you can't? And he was like, no. I said, well, what does it look like? He said, it's just Blurry. And I said, why didn't you ever say anything to me about this earlier? He said, I don't know. I just thought everybody saw it like that. That day we discovered that he needed glasses. See, he, had, he had poor vision. And I think a lot of us live with poor vision. A lot of us live with poor vision. We get so stuck in our, our here and now and the things that we're currently surrounded by. And we forget that God is and he always will be the Alpha and the Omega, that he is and always will be the beginning and the end, right? And while we can only see our here and now, our current uh, circumstances, God sees you where you are right now, but he also sees where you're headed, where he's taken you. And if you would just allow him to speak into your life, I believe what he'd do is he would elevate your vision. Right? He elevates your vision just to understand and to see that his plan for your life is bigger than your current experiences and your current circumstances. Where does the, the prophet Elijah find Elisha? He finds him plowing behind the twelfth team of oxen. So get this. There's, there's 12 team of oxen. Elisha is, is in the caboose of the 12th team. So Elisha's daily gig is literally staring at the rear ends of oxen, right? I know some of you probably right now are like, no, yeah, me too, I, that's what I do at work too. I stare at the rear ends of, of people. <laughs> um, so he's literally at, at, in this position. Like he did this every day. He walked behind oxen to make sure that they stayed on course. It was mundane. Right? It was ridiculous. It was mundane. Sounds like the worst nine to five job you could possibly have. He probably complained about it going in every single day. Nonetheless, this is where Elisha was. But see, it's in the middle of the mundane that God will meet you and invite you into the miraculous. What Elisha saw that Elijah I'm sorry, Elijah saw that Elisha didn't. Was the bigger picture that God had for his life. And I think God has a bigger picture for your life. I think He has a bigger picture for your life today, bigger than plowing behind the 12th team of oxen. He wants to give you vision to actually experience this, this awesome plan that He has for your life. He is able, He is able to do exceedingly abundantly, far more than you can ask, think, or even imagine. He's able to do it. But what we tend to do is we tend to, to pick up the baggage and carry things around in our here and now. What well, the lady from Frontier was telling this guy when she said you have excess baggage is you're actually carrying too much to get on the plane and go where we're going. And, and I wonder if, if we're carrying some stuff right now that God is saying, Hey, you can't take that where I'm taking you. you, you can't, he can't go. He can't go where, where, where I'm taking you right now. Right? She cannot go where I intend to take you on this journey. And if, and if you knew, if we only knew where God was going to take us, I'm telling you, we would lay it down. <laughs> We would just lay it down and begin to walk in the things that he's calling you into. God's plan for your life is bigger than you right now. But, but the key to the whole thing is obedience. It's obedience. Obedience is the key that unlocks the plan that God has for our lives. And so Elisha does this in 1 Kings 19.20. It says, Elisha left the oxen standing there ran after Elijah and said to him, first, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I'll go with you. See, when we're in transition, when we're in transition, walking out of our old life into the new life, our natural tendency is to go back. It's actually to go back into the old ways of living. Right? Right? Elisha left the oxen, he ran to the prophet, and then he was like, hey, I'll be back, I gotta do something real quick. I felt this this natural draw to to do the exact same thing, to go back when I gave my life to Jesus. I surrendered my life to Jesus in October 2015, and and he rescued me from alcoholism, And, and the first thing that I wanted to do, the first thing I wanted to do was go back to the bar. I wanted to go to the bar. I wanted to go to the hangout spots because I thought I can save them. Really, I can. That's what I thought. Right? But it doesn't work like that because I didn't even have vision for what God was doing in the middle of my situation. I was going to rescue these people not realizing that I will never be the Savior. I will never be the savior. I am not him. And so Elijah, he said, you can go back. You can go back. You can go tell your mother and your father goodbye, but you can't forget what you've been invited into. Because see, we have to have vision bigger than our here and now. The second thing I want you to know today is that God is inviting you into deeper surrender. He's inviting you into deeper surrender. And, and I don't know what baggage you're carrying or what you're holding on to. I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of sin issue or maybe it's a past mistake. Maybe it's baggage from a relationship. But the one thing I do know is that all of us got baggage. Every single one of us got baggage. There's not one of us in here exempt from going through the baggage claim carousel of life. You got baggage. I got baggage. We all got some sort of baggage. Some of us got baggage that we don't even realize we're carrying around right now. But what's so awesome about Jesus is that as we grow in our walk with him, he begins to reveal the baggage that you're carrying, and he offers this awesome opportunity for you to surrender it over to him. I'm the overpacker in our family. (laughs) I'm the one that takes five outfits on a two-day trip, (laughs) right? But the more we travel, the better I'm getting at like guesstimating like the weight of the suitcase. And so, what Pastor Michelle will do is she will pack all of her stuff. She's a pre-planner. She gets she does all her stuff early. She'll pack her whole all of her stuff in the suitcase, and then she'll say, "I'm all packed, honey. We got 40 pounds. We got 40 pounds." And so I'll go in and I'll put all my stuff in there and then I'll zip it up and I'll go. Mm. And so i open it up and I'll, I'll take a look in it and I'm like, mm. I begin to determine, do I really need three pair of shoes? <laughs> mm. I don't know, do I need three pair of pants? We're going to Florida. Maybe the shorts are okay. Do I really need four books? I haven't read one in five years. (laughs) Makes me feel better about myself when I have books on my trip. (laughs) And so I'll begin this whole process of elimination in the bag, and I'll take things out as I don't need them. And I think one of the, the best things that we can do for ourselves, the best thing you can do for yourself is to assess what baggage you're carrying and figure out why you're still carrying it. Because there's, there's a reason why you still carry that guilt, right? There's a reason that you still, you still carry the shame, that you still carry the fear. There's a reason why you're still in that abusive relationship. There's reasons. But here's what I'm learning, is that, is that what you hold on to reveals who you trust. It reveals who you trust. So when I, when I choose to hold on to my old ways of living, when I choose to hold on to the guilt and the shame instead of picking up the things of God... It shows me that I actually trust my fear more than I trust my Savior. It shows me that I'd rather place my hope and trust in the suitcase of guilt. And and here's what some Christians will do We'll, we'll pick up our suitcase and we'll just say, Well, I'm just a sinner. I am just a sinner. But, but when God looks at you, he doesn't see you that way now. Right? He no longer sees your sin. But what, what the enemy tricks us into doing is carrying this suitcase of sinner and never picking up the suitcase of saint. Your identity has to be rooted in who God says that you are. And the more that you grow in your relationship with Jesus, the more surrender you're invited into with the Lord. It's through surrender that we become more and more like Jesus. First Kings nineteen twenty one starts off and it says, so Elisha returned his oxen to his oxen. He remembered. He, he remembered what he was being invited into. He remembered the calling that was on his life. He saw it as this great opportunity. But here's what he knew. He knew that if he didn't get rid of the old things, that, 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 that if he didn't get rid of the old stuff, the old baggage, there was no way that he was going to be able to walk in what God was calling him into. You see, if he didn't get rid of some stuff, when things got difficult, when things just got hard, he'd go right back to the old way of living. He would go right back behind the 12, the 12th team of oxen. And he'd just be plowing for the rest of his life. And so he does this. Says, so Elisha returned to his oxen and he slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. God is calling us to a place of deeper surrender, church. He's calling us to a place of deeper surrender. And sometimes, what we do is we, we, we say, well, I'm just going to pack everything just in case. So you've been you've been carrying around a porn addiction that you thought you got rid of, but you still carry it just in case. Or or you struggled with with, with alcoholism in the past, but that's not you anymore. But i just keep some beers in the fridge just in case company comes over. Or just in case. But God wants you to kill it off. Amen. He's asking you to kill off your old life. To kill off all the old things you've been holding on to. And he's inviting you into a place of deeper surrender. And it's only in that place that we get to experience greater things in him. What the enemy wants us to believe is that we can achieve all that God has for us. We can can see the greater things without surrendering anything to God. You see, when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, the Bible says that he took Jesus on a high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and he said, I'll give you all authority over this. What he was doing is he was inviting Jesus to the crown without the cross. He was saying, I'll give you everything you want, right? Just just don't surrender to that that whole dying on the cross thing. You want the keys? Here, I'll give them to you. Right? But Jesus denies it. And, And in the Garden of Gethsemane, we hear Jesus pray this. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours complete surrender. That's us telling God, I'm willing. I'm willing. Like this is the suitcase of my life. And if I have to lay it down for your will to be done in my life, I'll do it. I'll do it. So maybe today place of surrender in your, is your life. It's your life. Like you've been Lord of your life and you've been continuing to carry your own life over and over and over again. But here's what I, I've learned about being the Lord of my own life. I usually jack it up pretty good. I jack it up pretty good. Scripture tells me that the ways that seem right to me end in death. I've done an awesome job at messing it up. But when we place all of our hope and our trust in an all-knowing God, everything can change. Everything can change. God's calling us into a place of deeper surrender. Maybe you need to surrender the suitcase of the approval of others. Paul says in Galatians that if I were to try to please people, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. You see, I can't, I can't follow Jesus and please everybody at the same time. Nor will I try. One pastor said that if, if you want to please people, you should probably just serve ice cream. Maybe the suitcase that you need to lay down today is your family. Is your family. There's an attack on families today. There is a legitimate attack on families today, on our marriages, on our kids. And see, the longer that you attempt to be Lord of your family, the longer the devil will beat you up in that that area. When you surrender control of your family, Into the hands of a loving heavenly father, everything begins to change. You see, the enemy wants to uproot marriages. You see, if he destroys that, it destroys the way that we see our covenant with God. The devil's made marriage all about convenience over covenant. So if I don't like you, I'll just swipe right and find somebody else to hook up with. Marriage was given to us as a picture of a covenant relationship of Christ and his bride. And, and, and the enemy has convinced us that if my spouse walks away from me, then so can God. But that's not the case. That's not the case. He pursues us every single day. Mike said it earlier. He is knocking every single day, and all you got to do is open up and let him in. The enemy wants to uproot our kids. There's a very real attack on our kids today, church. But if you don't know, God loves your kids more than you will ever love your kids. So the best thing that you could ever do is surrender your children over to God. Why does the devil want to attack your kids? It's like what King Herod did when he went after infant Jesus, right? It's easier to kill a kid than it is a king. If he can kill a kid, he'll never become a king. So the devil launches this full-scale attack on our children. That's why we, I can't say it enough how important it is for you to get your kids into DSM. That man has to have his own relationship with Jesus. He can't ride off of mine. He needs to sit in his own prayer closet. He needs to bind up the things of this world himself. He don't live with no baby Holy Spirit. He got the same Holy Spirit in him that lives in me. Maybe the thing that you need to surrender right now is the control of your finances. Tithing, listen, tithing is the least risky thing you'll ever do. It really is. When you place control of your finances into the hands of God, who who owns a cattle on a thousand hills, who has unlimited resources, it's incredible what he'll do with it. He'll put a floor downstairs. There's so many things that we continue to carry and continue to lord over, but what we need to understand is that every step of surrender, God will deepen our walk with him. And the third and final thing is this. God allows you to burn your old life in order to experience new life. He allows you to burn your old life in order to experience new life. First Kings nineteen twenty one says, So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townsmen and they all ate. Then he went with Elisha, his assistant. You see, in order to walk in everything that God has for us, we got to set things down and we got to walk away from our old way of living. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Listen, if, if God gives you a blank slate when you choose to follow him, why don't you give you a blank slate? Why don't you give yourself a blank slate? Why do you continue to carry things from your past? Why do you continue to carry past mistakes? Why do you continue to carry past failures or past faults or past flaws? He's giving you a clean slate. New mercies every single morning. When God is saying, I'm giving you this opportunity. I'm giving you this opportunity to set it all down. Set it all down and walk into all the things that I have for you. That's the blessing of God. That is the blessing of God, that we have this opportunity to experience his power, to experience his beauty by letting the old things go and walking in the new things of God. Elisha goes on to experience double portion blessings. He saw twice the amount of miracles that his predecessor saw. And I believe that the key was this. It came all all down to the decision that he made. To kill off his old life, to kill off the oxen, to remove the things that that attached him to the old way of living, and to walk in all the new things of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. Stand with me as we close. Hebrews chapter 11 is considered the hall of faith. It goes through all of these Old Testament heroes and it shows us how God had been so faithful in each one of their lives, right? It shows us how this hall of fame of faith, it shows us this because the Bible, what it it tells us is that God has no favorites. That that you and I are no different than the prophet Elisha. He's just saying that the same thing that I've done in his life, I can do in yours. And when we get to Hebrews 12, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, it's saying that there's all these people who have seen God do, do all this incredible stuff, right? So because we're surrounded by them, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. See, there's not just one thing he's telling us that we need to set down. There's two. He says, in in one hand, you got things that weigh you down. And in the other hand, you got sin, which so easily trips you up. Maybe something that we need to do today, that we need to drop today. It isn't something that's sinful, but it is something that's weighing you down. And so let's, let's just throw it off and set that down. And sin issues, we need to. We need to give those over to him too. And let us run with endurance the race that He's set before us. I'm sure sure that we've all seen it or we've all done it, but we've seen people that that have made the decision to to give their life to Jesus and, and they're passionate and they're on fire for Jesus and they're excited about their walk. They're like, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And then they begin to run their race, carrying all of this. And then what happens is six months later, they stop coming to church. They end up on social media posts and passive aggressive garbage. They're not to the whole Jesus thing anymore, right? Like it was just a season. It was cool then, but it just ain't for me right now. And I believe the key to running your race with endurance is that you have to throw the weights off. You got to throw the weights off. I can't run my, way, my race when I'm, when I'm weighed down by all of this, all of this stuff. I got a problem running as it is. You can't run it with all this stuff. But when you lay it down, when you give it to God and allow him to take it, to leave behind the old life and walk in our new life, everything changes. Amen? Let's pray. Father, help us surrender the the excess baggage in our lives, Lord, so that we can pick up all that you have for us, God. We trust your plan for our lives, and we we know, Father, that your plan for our lives is bigger than the, the current circumstances that we sit in and that we see right now. We're so thankful, Father, that you not only see us where we are, Father, but that you know you have a great plan for where we're going. We thank you, Father, for meeting us in the mundane and inviting us into the miraculous. Give us bigger vision, Lord, to walk into things that you call us into. Help us walk into that place of deeper surrender with you. We lay it down today, Lord, and we ask that your will will be done in our lives. We love you and we bless you. In your matchless name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to have some of our altar ministers come up today, and we would love to pray with you. If you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, we'd love to see you up here, and we want to pray with you and walk you through that process. And thank all of you guys for being here today. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We love you.